This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490. WDAN, Linda Bolton with you, and I'm still on Zoom this morning. Uh, all my guests want to do Zoom this week, so uh, it's been easy for me just to walk into the front room and turn on the computer and have a have a conversation this morning. I'm so happy to have back with us Jonathan Gibson, who heads up Habitat and Restore, and we have not talked to him in months. Good morning, Jonathan. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. It's great to be here. Absolutely. And and you can't see it because Jonathan and I both have our cameras on. Bless his heart, he's enduring me without makeup and kind of looking like Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling like Friday morning, um, but he's got the Golden Gate Bridge behind him, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, okay, Jonathan, give us uh, give us some uh, updates here. What's going on with Habitat and Restore? How have you endured this COVID situation, and where are you at right now? What's going on? Well, thankfully, I can say that we are doing very well. We haven't accomplished everything we had hoped to. Um, there have been many. You know, many things come up, but that's been the same for every single organization. But we have been absolutely thrilled um, with the continued support that we've had, especially through our restore. Um, we had to be closed down for two and a half months last year. Unfortunately, even just a week ago or two weeks ago, we had to close down for a week because of staff shortages, a combination of some people with surgeries and other things and just couldn't fill the uh, staffing needs. But uh all in all, though, we have come through extremely well. A lot of it's because we just had just recently relocated into that better location. But also, there have been so many people who have continued their generosity, both in shopping with us, in donating with us through this time that has really carried us through. Um, we've said it so many times. We just couldn't do what we do without the support of this community. Can you explain a little bit about how, how all this how all this works, what, um, because there are people out there that may not know uh, what a wonderful opportunity Restore provides to not only go and shop and get things at a lower cost that you need for your home, but to also clean out all the stuff which Mr. and Mrs. Bolton seem to collect so easily that as we get older, we're tripping over. So um, explain how all this works, okay? Sure. Well, I'll start with the restore side of things because the restore ends up being the main fundraiser for Habitat. Yeah. Um, so what we do there is we take items that still are gently used and have life left in them. And we take them as a donation. We turn around, clean them, put them out on the floor for sale. And, and other individuals come in and get stuff that they need. Sometimes it's, you know, out of a desire. Sometimes it's out of need. It, each person's a little different. So we're serving the community that way, but the profit from those is what we then take and go to fund our main mission, which is housing. We, we desire to put people into simple, decent, and affordable housing. And so the housing component is what we really try and do. And so with the restore though, that allows us to have money to do that. Now, as you might realize, you know, it takes a lot of effort, time and effort to keep everything going on with the restore. And so that's where we, just maintenance of that going on, but uh, it has been wonderful to to take things like a toilet, to cabinets, to a sofa, and turn those into someone else's first opportunity to be Absolutely. able to use them a home. 
that's the ultimate big picture. When you come to us and you say, hey, I want to shop with you or I want to donate with you, you are playing a part with someone getting their very first home that is theirs for their family to be raised in. So let's take a moment and switch over to the habitat side of things and talk a little bit about habitat. You know, we don't, uh, honestly, we don't hear as much about it as we used to. Uh, there's a lot of things going on there with uh, building costs and building houses or rehabbing houses. So talk a little bit about how habitat has, habitat has transitioned to today. Absolutely. So we started in 1986, and in the early days, a lot of what we were doing was new builds. Um, really, we have transitioned mostly away from doing new builds, in part because the cost to, to do houses went up. The price that houses were selling for kind of leveled down. Um, and it turned out, when we look around at our community here, there are more and more houses that need to be rehabbed. Yeah. Need to be saved, need to be saved. So when we look at what's the need of our community, we feel like doing rehabs. Basically, we're taking a house that needs work, putting that work into it to give it a like new condition to a new family. That's more what we're doing on. So we talk about that as a rehab, and we're doing about 90% rehabs. And we still say perhaps 10% new builds because there are some situations because of either the needs of the family accessibility can be one of those. Um, it can be that we don't have the right, can't find the right size house to serve a family. There are some things like that where we say perhaps 10% new builds, but our, our main thing that we have been doing for the last five years is doing rehabs. Well, and that's been one of the uh, traditional uh, challenges within our community. The the housing stock that we have, and very often people can't keep up with it as they age, or as they're challenged economically, whatever, you have a tremendous amount of stock uh, that is still usable. It just needs some care. And I think uh, we often forget how important that is to be able to take an existing structure instead of, instead of tearing it down, clearing a vacant lot that's gonna sit there empty to instead be able to go in there and rehab the stock itself make it livable and useful and continue into, into protecting a family. Um, that's a, that's really a big creative approach to this as opposed to tear down, build up. Well, we Maybe. really feel like it's exciting for us. Cause I feel like that's, even though saving houses is not really our primary goal, our goal is to serve families. Yep. But if this is a way in which we can save some of these houses, um, because you have within this community, you have some that they're just completely gone. They've already gone too far and they can't be salvaged. And the city is overwhelmed with that struggle. But there's also a large pool of houses that need some work. But without that work, they would go into that first pool and, and need to be teared down. And those are some of the ones we're working with. We're working with ones that say they need that roof. As long as they get the roof on there, it'll still be structural sound. And then we can refinish the inside. Um, and so that's some of what we've been doing, and our goal is to do more of that, though we also know it's a big challenge taking on that. It's, it's a little more complex than just yeah, doing a yeah. new build, because with a new build, here's a set of plans, and we've used these set of plans for the last four houses, so you know it's step one through three, and away you go. 
with a rehab, you need to go in and evaluate what are the things we might find in addition to what are the things we know we need to fix. Because every time you get into that house and you uncover a wall, uh, yeah, it's oopsie time. <laughs> exactly. But we are growing with that. And that's just some of the learning curve that we're going through. And what are the better ways that we can rehab these houses? Um, and just identifying off the bat, what are some of those houses that are going to work well for these habitat families? And some of those we've been able to get through donation from individuals. Other ones we've had to purchase. It's just a matter of finding the right situation. And there's just not one straight answer for that. Yeah, and I think you guys are certainly on the right track for the future. That's definitely, I think, what we need to be looking at. Really, um, uh, very often, various parts of our community are dismissed as being all bad houses and, and vacant houses and horrible places, and they're really not. If you drive our neighborhoods, if you drive around and actually look at them, you'll find there's some really decent houses with some, you know, some good structure. They just need a little help. So I think it's it's definitely gonna help our community and help our families as we move into the future. We're gonna go to break and when we come back, we're gonna talk more with Jonathan in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you and on the Zoom call this morning, Jonathan Gibson. So happy to have him back on. Jonathan is over Habitat and Restore. Uh, we drive by Restore every day on Vermilion Street, and we're, we're so glad they're there and can help people not only clean out their good stuff that they don't really want anymore, but also find the things they need to live their lives for their, with their families. Um, and then the Habitat, which of course is the, is the, uh, the cornerstone of the whole thing, and Restore is the supporter of that. Jonathan, before we get away from, from Habitat, just wanted to go over again um, a little bit about how that works because people still get confused. They think when they see a picture of you handing keys to a family, be it a rehabbed, renovated house or a brand new house, that somehow or other that's a free house and it's not a free house. So kind of clarify that a little bit about how that works. Absolutely. When you see that final celebration moment where I'm handing over keys, you're seeing someone who has already put in at least 200 hours of work uh, on Habitat projects, most likely on their very own house. They've had gone through financial training. They've gone through all of that effort of coming, coming through to that point. They've already, even before they get to the house, done a lot of work to contribute towards their own property. But at that point, you think we're giving them a house. That's actually not what we're giving them. We're giving them an opportunity. We're giving them a no interest loan on that house. So they are still paying for the house. They, they, they like everyone else, have a monthly mortgage payment. And they gradually, over time, repay the cost of that house. So the difference, though, for us is we are offering them a no interest loan. So we're saying, yes, this is the amount of time you've got to repay us. Uh, but be, by making it no interest, by also applying for whatever grants they might be eligible for, we've simply taken that purchase price and tried to bring it into a, an affordable point for them. 
We do work with people who have some income qualifications that they're either low or very low income, but still they're paying for that house and covering all those costs. So you, when you see that moment, it's well worth a celebration and we are thrilled to do it. But you're looking at someone who has already put work in and will keep paying for that house uh, to enjoy the experience, enjoy that opportunity. And one of the things that I think sometimes we overlook or we're just kind of sloppy about is the importance of that. I mean, this affordable housing so we can have healthy families, that's what builds a community. If you don't have that, you're in trouble. I don't care who you are. You can have a whole bunch of rich people sitting on the north side and it doesn't make any difference. You've got to have an entire community of people who live in safe and healthy environments. And if we don't do that, then we fail everybody as a community, in my opinion, which really is all that matters on this show. Uh <laughs> well, to be honest, though, it's more than just an opinion. When you start looking at the hard numbers, someone who grows as a child, growing up in a, in a homeowner situation instead of a rental situation, tends to do better in school. Yep. They're more likely to go to college. They're more likely to have their own relation, future relationships be stable relationships. And you might think, how in the world is that connected to a home? It's the stability. Uh, oftentimes, when you, what comes with some, some of the rental situations even if it was a good rental situation, they're more likely to relocate a number of times. Yeah. It means that they're potentially having more transitions in their school time. It potentially means that there's more in and out of that house of those things. So it, when we're, what we're, the reason we do it is not just for them to have a house, but we know from the hard numbers that this really can make a difference in some of their economic advantage for the, you know, the, the parents in that home of them having stability with their work, potentially the opportunity to get better jobs and things like that. A lot of those come with the stability that's afforded them. And they're also more likely to invest in the community or right around sure, them in sure. their neighborhood. Um, there's a different level of sort of care and concern for your neighbors when you realize these are gonna be the neighbors I'm gonna have for a while instead of, oh, well, they're my neighbors until the next house. Yeah, and 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 uh, one of the things one of the things that I'm not proud of is is how high the rental rates in are in our community. That's another challenge for families to try to help them have financial stability if they're paying high rents on something they don't even know. Um, that only not only impacts their budget, but it also uh, very often means they don't care if they plant flowers. They don't care if they do things to help the environment where they live. And uh, ownership is a, you know, it's a pretty special thing um, that I, I'm so grateful to all of you for what you do. That said, how are you looking forward? So Habitat has now transitioned more to renovation, less on new build. Um, where do you see the organization going into the future? What are you looking at? I'm so great. glad you asked that. There you I go. Think we're going to do so much more going forward. We've spent a lot of time and effort trying to get a better financial base for us to have the funds. Because no matter which way you do it, it takes a lot of money to build a home and it takes a lot of time to get that money back as an investment side of things. So we've traditionally done one to two houses any way that we've done them, whether new builds or rehabs. 
By switching over to rehabs, we were able to be a little more efficient. And the goal with that efficiency is not just for any number in it, because it comes down to the real fact we're able to serve more families when we're more efficient. But we've also done these investments to have more money from the restore for the specific goal. Instead of doing one to two houses, is our goal to do three to four houses. We And I say houses, but we want to serve three to four families. We want to make a difference on a better scale for those things. The other part is to get so exciting because that's what I'm talking about this year. But then when you say, what are you talking about for five years? If I've been doing more houses, that money from the, that, those first houses comes back and goes into that second and the third house. So instead of then in five years, me talking about wanting to do three to four houses, I'm then, even if the restore was doing the same, I want to be talking about doing five and six houses in five years. And when you start scaling that up, that then has the real potential to make a big shift in this community. Yeah. It, it does things like st stabilizing some of these uh, pockets that are on the verge. Uh, there's the question of, you know, which way are we going to go as a community? And I feel like we've got that opportunity right now to be taking steps to serve those more families, but also in answering some of these questions that so many of us have about our community. Yeah, because we're not ignorant that there's, there is violence here. We're not ignorant that there are challenges. But I think this is a great way for us to be able to address some of those challenges our community faces. Amen. And I got to tell you, we've been facing those issues for a long time, and a lot of work has gone into trying to address them. And a lot of good people have worked very hard. And speaking from an old woman's perspective, I'm awful darn proud of all you young folks that are stepping up and seen into the future and, and want to take this community where it needs to be. We're very grateful to have folks like you. We're going to talk more with Jonathan in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you and on the Zoom call this morning, Jonathan Gibson, who heads up Habitat and Restore. And we've been Really, we appreciate the information you've given us, Jonathan. It's really helpful. I guess, you know, before we went to break, we were talking about moving into the future and doing more and more houses. As you said, you've transitioned more to renovations, which actually gives you some flexibility, perhaps a little more than you have when you build a new house. Um, but as you look at that, uh, the, the, the basis of Habitat has always been volunteers. And that's the same thing for resource. So let's talk about volunteers a little bit and how, how you're looking at that and, and what you want to encourage people to consider. I would love to. Okay. So, yeah, I, I just want to, if you're listening here today, I want you to consider, is there a way you, you can be part of this? Because as much as I, would, I get hopeful and excited about what we are doing, there is room for so many more people to come and be a part of this. Uh, it can be that you're looking at physical on the construction site, a swing and a hammer. We need those people. Sometimes you don't, if you don't know, we'll teach you. That, that's not a, a hand point, but it doesn't stop there. In order for this organization to keep running, we need people that are willing to come and donate some time at the restore. Uh, some of that can be setting things on the shelves. Some of it might be sorting and pricing things in the back. 
We also need people to help on some of our committees. Things like identifying these properties. As we want to do more and more, that means taking some time going through possible properties and identifying which ones might be great for us. We also need people that are willing to work with um, our families as they're getting into their homes and newly into their homes. We call those mentors. Someone who's got some experience as what it's like to being a homeowner, to be able to share that with this new home homeowner. Lots of times their very first time. There's, there's so many ways uh, that you can come, come be on a committee and help make some of the decisions on the best ways for us to, to grow and take these steps forward. Uh, but I, one thing we were talking about before coming on is some of that flexibility. Because we, I also know, as I'm making this appeal to you today, you're already thinking, yes, but, <laughs> but I've been doing three and four and five different things already. How am I going to squeeze that time in? We're honestly looking for ways to be as flexible as we can to help incorporate you within this mission. Um, it doesn't happen without a, a community of people. But we also know that you already have a bunch of things pulling on your time. So whether that's, hey, can you give us a couple hours this day? Can you, you know, join through Zoom on some of our meetings, even if you can't come in person? Uh, we are trying anything and everything we can to make it flexible for to incorporate some of your schedule and the constraints that you have. Because there's no question in my mind this mission is worth doing. I would hope that we can find a way to can have you part of it as well. Well, like I said, I think that's one of the reasons that Habitat and Restore have always been so valuable to our community because it is driven by volunteers. It's driven by the community. And so it's our future. If you don't care about where we're going and how we're going to get there, you know, that's, that's kind of sad. So, um, and I appreciate your enthusiasm. I was just sitting here listening to you talk and I was thinking, you know, I think, I think Jonathan sounds the same today that he did the first time I met you. I mean, it's your enthusiasm. Well, but, but that's the point. I mean, it's if your leadership at the top is enthused about what's going on, then everybody all the way down the chain is going to care. And if everybody down the chain cares, you got a winner because that's that's how it works. It's everybody pitching in and getting involved. It's, in it's, my opinion. No, you, you're talking <laughs> Which about again Tony is the only one I have. <laughs> yes. But no, it really is true. And, and if you do lose sight of what we're trying to accomplish, it'd be easy to get discouraged because there's challenges with everything that we're sure. going to put our hands to. But I got to say, this is something that's worth doing. When you start seeing the difference of what it can make for some of these families, you can see some of the difference it can make uh, throughout our community on a neighborhood-by-neighborhood neighborhood basis, but also if you can see some of the difference we're even making at the ReStore, as much as the ReStore for us is mostly to raise funds to be able to accomplish this mission, it is also an opportunity for people to get items that are, they might not otherwise have been able to afford. Um, there, it, there's so many different places in which I feel like we touch on with this uh, neighborhood, with this community as a whole. Jonathan, thank you so much for being with us. We will have you on again soon, I promise. Um, like I said, you got a sofa table and a library table coming at some point in time if I can never get them cleaned off and everything put away. Uh, what's the best way for people to contact you and what are the hours for Restore? Real quick. Sure. Uh, 
check us out on our website, habitatdanville.org. Okay. That's the simplest way to get information. We're open at the Restore Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Take care. We will talk again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks. Hey, uh, have a safe weekend. Wear your mask, social distance, stop acting stupid, and uh, join us on Monday. We'll be continuing our conversation with the health department, Melissa and Doug. They got interrupted <laughs> when the computer shut down uh, a couple weeks ago. So join us on Monday. Some important information to share with you on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.